Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Well, everyone, welcome to episode 33 of One Single Thought. Heather, can you think back in the annals of your memory as to what was the first prayer you ever prayed? No, I can't remember, but um, I, I do remember saying, God is great, God is good, the blessing. Yes. That's, a lot. We said yes. that a lot. Yeah. I said that a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the prayer that I remember, the first prayer pr- that I ever remember praying was, Now lay me down to sleep. Mm-hmm. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, <laughs> I pray the Lord my soul to take. Terrifying prayer. Yes. Terrifying. I was scared of that prayer too. Woo! That prayer. I mean, it, it introduced death early in my childhood. <laughs> I'm like, am I going to die in my sleep? What's going on? Well, that sort of leads us to our topic today. So, Heather, why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about today? Yes, we are talking about prayer today. And sometimes for a lot of people, especially you and I, Rose. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a topic that's... Prayer is hard. Convicting to it's, me. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's very easy. Uh, but for a lot of people, it, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time, it, it gets very... It can get stale. And it can sometimes um, feel like a routine. And sometimes we lapse into not praying at all. It can just become very difficult. And so the question is, how do we pray? And... How do we know if we're praying enough or praying for the right things? And so our one single thought for today is don't make it hard. Don't make it hard. And we're going to try very hard not to make it hard. That's right. Yes. So Rose, let's start. Why don't you tell us what, what is prayer? We always like to start at the beginning and define things. And so the definition for prayer is just very basic. It's simply talking to God. And when we think about prayer, prayer is not just meditation or passive reflection. And a lot of people today will talk about meditating, chanting, that kind of thing. That's in, in the Christian world, that's, that's not considered prayer. Prayer is a direct address to God. And it's our soul connecting with the Lord who created our soul. And it's the primary way that us as believers in Jesus Christ, that's the primary way we can communicate and have fellowship with God. And, and continue to grow our relationship with God is through that time of prayer. It's simply very similar to if you think about people in your life, like Heather, you and I talk mm-hmm. almost every day, probably every day in yeah. some fo- form. And if we didn't talk for a week or two, when we begin to talk again, it, we would feel a little off because we don't know what's going on in each other's world, yeah. what's happening. And so it's similar in, in some ways to our praying to the Lord, because that's how we develop our relationship with him. We read his word, we pray, although he knows what our, what is in our hearts. He wants us to communicate that. He wants us to communicate how we're feeling, what we're struggling with, what our requests are, whether that's for us or other people. And so we really want to think about prayer as our communication tool with God. Mm. So Heather, let's go now to the really the, the, I think what is the main question is why do we struggle with prayer? I struggle with prayer. You struggle with prayer. Mm-hmm. Why do we struggle so, so deeply with prayer? Well, there's really a lot of reasons I think, and it really depends on 
the person why someone might struggle with prayer, but it does go back to the fact that we we are finite human beings. We're affected by sin. We sin. We are dealing with the enemy, with Satan, who is trying to distract us and get us keep us from communing with God. Those are the overarching answers of what what keeps us from praying. But there's also just things like we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. We don't know if God's hearing us. We don't understand how he answers prayer. Does he even want me to pray to him? Am I saying too much? Am I saying too little? Um, Sometimes it's just a lack of discipline. That's something I struggle with. Mm -hmm. And we we can fall into those patterns of not praying at all if we're not careful. I think sometimes if we don't have, if we... Maybe have a string of unanswered prayers. Mm-hmm. That can sometimes keep us from praying. Now, let me back up and define that. So, we know God answers every prayer. When I say unanswered prayer, it's if God doesn't answer a prayer that yeah. you would like in the way you would like it to be answered. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes I think if people allow the fact that their plan isn't working out, they may feel like, well, what's the use? Why should I even pray? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Heather, you talked about, you know, it's hard for us to be disciplined. What do you think contributes to that? I mean, you and I could probably list a whole long list of them. But why, why do you think it's hard for us to be disciplined to pray? Well, one reason is it, it is sin. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a sinful tendency there. There's laziness. Mm-hmm. There is dealing with competing priorities. We have, you know, if we have families or if we have jobs or we have a hundred other things on our plates, it's very easy to make excuses and think those need to be done immediately. Sometimes things do need to be done immediately, but the, the key is when we, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but there ideally would be a time where you sit down and actually spend a dedicated time in prayer with the Lord, but you can also pray anywhere. You mm-hmm. don't have to be sitting and you can be praying while you do things. And I would say that's better than nothing, but I think it's very easy to fall out of the discipline of praying and mm-hmm. to fall out of the habit, the good habit of, of praying daily and praying constantly and continually. Probably the best example we have in the Bible is Jesus, because we know that Jesus, who was the busiest man who ever lived, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he dealt with thousands of people coming to him, wanting to be healed, demanding his attention, following him everywhere. But he still, he still made time every morning to go out to a quiet place and pray. He made time to be with his father. And that's an example that we should all be, be following. Of course, we're not Jesus. We're not, we're not going to have that level of commitment because just because we are fallen people who have been saved, thankfully as Christians, but we're not going to be perfect in prayer, but we can follow his example. And he teaches us directly and indirectly on how we should pray and what we should say. And so Rose, what are some of those examples in the gospels? I'm going to list quite a few. Uh, well, it's probably four or five. There's, there's more, but the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, if you read through that gospel and just make a note, underline every time that you see the word prayer or pray, and then maybe even make a special note if it's Jesus praying Luke really focuses a lot on prayer, especially Jesus praying. So I will list the references I'm going to mention here. I'm not going to read all of them, but I will list them in the show notes. Hmm. So Jesus prayed at his baptism. 
So when John the Baptist baptized him, he prayed. He went to a deserted place. In Luke 5, 16, Jesus went to a deserted place to pray. It's also listed in Mark. He goes off to a quiet place, uh, mm-hmm. away from the crowds to pray. I mean, when you think about how the world, how people just flock to him because of who he was and the things he was doing and the things he was saying and teaching, I'm sure getting some privacy alone to pray mm-hmm. was difficult. In Luke six twelve, he spent an entire night in prayer before he chose the 12 disciples. Now, other Gospels talk about him choosing the disciples, but Luke actually points out that he prayed for a whole night before doing that. Mm-hmm. And then in Luke chapter 9, verse 18, he prays on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so there's a lot of, uh, of examples in Scripture. And I would say not even just Luke, but go through all the Gospels. John 17 talks about uh, Jesus prays Uh, The whole chapter is devoted to a prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples, for future believers. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a a great chapter. But I challenge you to read the Gospels and and notice and take note of all the times and places where Jesus prayed. He emphasizes prayer so strongly in his own life as an example. Jesus was the ultimate discipler and... The way he lived his life and the way he modeled that out for us is the way that he wants us to to be obedient. And as you said, Heather, we're not going to be Jesus. We're not going to be perfect in every way uh, this side of glory. But we strive to live a life of prayer. Jesus also provided us with a, a specific model of prayer that we know as the Lord's Prayer, probably one of the most famous of prayers. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how that teaches us to pray? Yes, and the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to read it. It's it's in Matthew and also in Luke. I'm actually going to back up a few verses because it, it'll help to read it in context, what Jesus is saying to his disciples here. All right, This is the English Standard Version, and I'm going to read Matthew 6, verses 5 through 13. And he says... And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they have to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right, so this example here Jesus provided to His disciples to show an outline on how to pray as opposed to the way the Pharisees and the Gentiles pray. The Pharisees, they are showing off, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're, they're wanting people to hear their prayers. They're saying big flowery words, and they want people to take notice. So they're more, more interested in what people think of them than what God thinks of them when they pray. And so 
when Jesus gives this example here, he says, go, don't stand out and show off when you pray, go hide in, hide in a room, be by yourself and pray to your father who hears you. And also we're not to pray. It says, don't heap up empty phrases or don't go babbling on like pagans. That's in some translations. So you have these other, other religions, pagan religions, especially during that time who would chant a lot of, a lot of babble. They would just ramble on chanting empty words, hoping that their gods would hear them. If they say the right formula, if they say certain things, then their God's going to pay attention and answer their prayer. And this is, Jesus is saying, one, you're not supposed to show off when you pray. It's not about other people hearing you. It's about you and God, Mm -hmm. you communing with the Father. Secondly, it's not about you just mindlessly rambling off a chant to a God who may or may not hear you. You're speaking to the God of the universe who loves you and you have a, with whom you have a relationship. So this is something that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. He's teaching his disciples to be different and to cultivate that relationship with God, the father. And that because of what Jesus is going to do on the cross, they're going to have direct access to the father. So they're, they're going to be able to go directly to him and confess their sin. They're not going to have to go through a priest. So this is an example setting it up for the rest of Christianity, how, how we're all going to be able to go straight to God. Um, This is a whole new concept when you think about it, the way you just explained it, Heather, Mm -hmm. they didn't have access to God. Mm -hmm. They had to go through a high priest. So Jesus is teaching them how to do something that they've really not ever truly been able to do. Mm -hmm. And Christ is about to rip the the veil into and Mm. be resurrected to where they will have that direct access to God. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, when you, we said that it really kind of changed the perspective of what this, yeah, lesson in this teaching is all about Mm -hmm. in contrast to the pharisees and and the pagans uh, jesus is giving us a model so he's saying to his disciples instead of doing all that here's what you should do here's what you here's what you should pray and so he starts by and i'm just going to summarize what the lord's prayer says if you want to follow along again it's matthew 6 9 through 13 or these verses but in summary he's saying give Praise to God the Father. You're going to God the Father directly. Give him praise. You're praying for his will to be carried out, for his kingdom to come, for the gospel to be spread on earth. Also that his will would be done in our own lives. That is not up to us what we want. We are to ask him for the things we need, so for our daily bread. And during that time, back then, it was a very daily process. You Sometimes you didn't know what your next meal was going to be. So to ask for your daily bread, to ask what you need to sustain you for life, he wants us to ask him for those things. Um, also confessing sin and pleading to God for forgiveness. Uh, we, are, we are to bring our sin before him and ask him for forgiveness. And also there's a reminder there that we're to forgive others. So Hmm. forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Yeah. We are in debt with our sin. We owe a price for that, but thankfully Jesus has paid for that. And those who have sinned against us, they owe us a debt, but we are going to forgive them of that debt. And so we will forgive them as God has forgiven us. And then also there's a, a prayer for protection from temptation and the attacks of Satan. Now we know that Jesus didn't sin, but this is a model for other Christians and for, for the disciples and for the believers that would come. We should pray that we would be helped in times of temptation, that the Lord would 
show us a way out so that we don't give in to sin and that he would protect us from Satan's attacks. So we, we are to pray those things. Notice it doesn't mention thankfulness in here, but that doesn't mean that we are not to be thankful in our prayers or to thank God for things because we see in other passages how Jesus modeled thankfulness. We can see him thanking God for the food when he fed the 5,000. We see him at the Last Supper. He breaks bread. He blesses it and gives it to the disciples. There's other places. John eleven forty one when he raises Lazarus from the dead, he says thank you to the Father that the Father has heard his prayer. So we also see that in the disciples and the apostles when they pray, we see those those attitudes of thankfulness come out. So we are to come to God in thanksgiving. That attitude should be in our minds and our hearts whenever we pray. And we also, another thing we don't necessarily see in the Lord's Prayer, but we know is important, and we see it modeled elsewhere, is that he prays for other people. For example, you mentioned in John when he prays for his disciples mm-hmm. and then he prays for other believers that's one example where Jesus prayed for others we also see it in Luke twenty-two thirty-one through 32 where he prays for Peter specifically because Satan wants to test him and mm-hmm. he's uh, Jesus tells Peter I've prayed for you we see all these themes in the prayers of Jesus followers in the disciples and the apostles those are played out throughout the New Testament so we know these are the things we should be going to him going to the Father in prayer for. We have many examples in scripture of what we should be praying about. So it's not supposed to be meaningless repetition. It's not supposed to be a flashy show-off prayer that people can give us accolades for. These are the things that we should be focusing on. All right, so we talked about what we should pray about, but Rose, what are some examples of ways we can pray? There are lots of ways to pray, and it's actually refreshing and good to mix it up. Part of my challenge with being disciplined to pray is that I feel like a broken record. I feel like I pray the same way all the time. So I'm going to share a few examples of things that I do. These are, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's something to maybe spur your creativity to think about ways you could pray. There is a method called ACTS, A-C-T-S, and that's what I typically pray on most days. And it it covers somewhat what Heather just talked about in the Lord's Prayer. But it stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So we start by giving our praise to the Lord, thanking Him for who He is and what He's done. Then we confess our sins. Then we give thanksgiving. We think about things that we're thankful for. And then supplication, we pray for others and ourselves. So typically that's the way my prayer is outlined on most days. Mm-hmm. And when I get to supplication, I, I, I have days that I pray for certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, sometimes I'm not good at doing it every day of the week that I have people on it. I, you know, sometimes I switch it up and I don't. But I have people on different days of the week. And that way I, it's not overwhelming for me to think about I need to pray for you know, I, I'm involved in Our Ladies class, which is called a BFG. There's people mm-hmm. to pray for there. I'm involved in a discipleship group on Wednesday nights. There's people to pray for there. I meet with four different girls, whether it be discipleship or counseling. That's people to pray for there. Um, on the building team at church, that's people to pray for there. I like to pray for our staff wives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's just five examples of groups of people that I pray for. Not to mention my friends like you, Heather. You're on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Not sure why, but you're on Tuesdays. <laughs> and I'll confess, I don't pray for you every Tuesday. Yeah. 
but I do pray for you when you tell me about something specific to pray for. Yeah. But I keep things segmented that way so I, I don't feel overwhelmed. Because for me, a lot of times being overwhelmed causes me not to pray. Mm-hmm. Now, our pastor's wife, Jalen, who we interviewed, and I'll link her interview in our show notes, she flips it around and she calls it cats. C-A-T-S. Mm-hmm. That's how Ricky prays. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Cats is putting confession first before adoration. And her reasoning is that it is hard for us to really give our adoration to the Lord if we're harboring unconfessed sin, which is pretty convicting. Another thing that I do, the Version app has a really cool thing. When you open up the app, every day they have a daily verse. Mm. And then they have, I call it an Instagram story, but it's an Instagram story devotion where... There's a video of of a a ministry leader. Today, for example, it was Tara Lee Cobble from the Bible Recap that does a a little devotion on that, kind of expounds on that verse. Then you, you know, you go through just some devotional time on it. And then the third thing they have is connected to prayer. They have a similar, you know, Instagram type story set up, but it's on prayer and you read scripture and it kind of leads you through prayer. Mm. Um, if people that are friends of yours have posted prayer requests, it pops up in there if you're, you know, if you connect mm-hmm. that way. But it just helps you pray. It's not long. It's probably two, depending on how long you pray. I mean, it's, it, but it's a directed, sort of a self-directed way to go through prayer. Another way I pray is I pray through the Psalms. So I will pick a Psalm. And if, you know, if you have trouble picking one, you know, there's, you know, Psalm of the day verses out there. You mm-hmm. can go and. You know, I'll find a psalm and just, okay, that's a good one, and I'll pray through it. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, I typically will pray through, I'll read the verse. I'll maybe read a verse or two, and then I'll stop, and I'll just pray. I'll pray about some truth that comes out of that verse or verses, or it may trigger me to pray for something specific. So that's another way that I pray. pray. Lectio 365 is another app I use that, is is somewhat is somewhat directed prayer kind of like the U version but it's a little bit longer and it it also goes through you know different verses to read but in the the structured setup there is places where it'll say pause and pray and you can actually play it audio version you know as you're looking at it that's typically what I do mm-hmm. and then I will just pause it to pray now on the audio version, they give you a, a little bit of time to pray, but it's not anything lengthy. So, yeah. so I'll pause and pray it, pause to pray, and then come back to it. The actual devotions themselves are typically eight to ten minutes long without the prayer time. So, mm-hmm. probably when you add your prayer time in it, you're talking about twenty to thirty minutes. If you if you're in depth praying, if you're just praying somewhat, it's yeah. probably going to be ten fifteen minutes. Um, I enjoy it because it. It typically they have a theme during a week's time that they focus on, and many times they focus on the life of a missionary mm-hmm. or you know a church hero. Um, recently, I did one on George Mueller um, and how he's he's a missionary and, and his sacrifices that he made to to build an orphanage and different things. So Lectio's three sixty five is is something I enjoy as well. Another way I pray, uh, there's a book called Valley of Vision, and it's a collection Mm -hmm. of Puritan prayers. And listen, if you're struggling with prayer, it is not cheating if you read a prayer. What I will do with the Valley of Vision 
And you have to understand, they're written in Old English, so there's these and thous and thighs and all that. But it's segmented. There's different sections for different seasons and different things that you, um, you know, you can turn to. As I read that prayer aloud and just stop and pause to reflect on it and but continue to give it up to the Lord. And mm-hmm. so if you're struggling, oftentimes you're reading a prayer and these prayers are not chants or, you know, they're yeah. literal prayers that are actually pretty deep in a lot of ways. If you, if you're having trouble, don't be afraid to do that. So along with Valley of Vision, there's also uh, books called Every Moment Holy, and they are uh, books that have different prayers and liturgies that can pr- be prayed. For example, they have them as specific as if, you, if you're unable to sleep. I've, I don't have these books. I know people that do, and I've read the prayers, and they're really, really good. Uh, there's a prayer to be, read on your birthday. and hmm. So it's a really, it's, it's another, another way um, to pray that I think helps, especially if you're just at a loss of where to start. Now, the final one I'll share is a little quirky, <laughs> but I've not done it in a while, but I used to do it, and it was very helpful. So I would do, oftentimes, do what's called Facebook prayers. Hmm. Really, whatever social media feed you scroll through. We all find ourselves scrolling mindlessly through these feeds. And so, a few years ago, I thought, I'm going to put this to use. And I would go through Facebook I would go down my feed and the first person I would see, I'd pray for them. Mm. And then the next person I would pray for. And oftentimes, depending on who your, who your friends are and how they post, this kind of became an idea for me because so many people mm. were posting prayer requests. But I also have friends in my feed who are atheists, who don't yeah. believe in the Lord, that I can pray for them. I can lift them up to the Lord and pray for their salvation. My Facebook feed is almost all ads, so I guess I'm praying for companies. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's funny because back when yeah. I did this, you know, I have so many ads. I don't have as many ads as I have, like, groups that mm-hmm. they're suggesting for me or funny things. So it would it's a lot harder now to scroll through and get to, yeah. like, real friends of mine, not just suggested things. But back before that was what dominated your feed... I could do that, and I really felt like that was a way of taking the platform and mm. using it for the Lord. But I, I share that one, not because I do that one, because I don't do that one anymore. But to tell you that look in your life and see where, you know, where is there a way that I could pray in a creative way. It could be that you have, you don't have a dishwasher, and you're, you've got a family of five, and you're washing dishes all the time. And maybe that's when your time should, you know, you can pray. Mm -hmm. Like Heather said earlier, we can pray anywhere. Yeah. So it could be praying while you're doing the dishes, laundry. Mm -hmm. If you've got a lot of laundry and you're folding and hanging and all of those things, you can pray while you do that. I mean, think about what things that you do that are mundane in your life and how can you focus it on the Lord and use those times to pray? If you are a parent of a lot of kids, you may not have time to sit down and spend an hour in prayer. John Piper shares that he spends an hour every day. He spends 20 minutes in the morning in his devotional time, and he spends an hour in devotional time. He spends 20 minutes reading scripture, 20 minutes praying, and 10 minutes memorizing scripture. Now, Mm -hmm. that's ideal. That's great. Uh, I don't do that. Yeah. And I would say that many men and women that are listening probably don't do that either. 
But that doesn't mean that you're a failure. You you can find creative ways to pray. And I highly encourage you to think about what is a way to pray. Mm-hmm. One of my co-leaders of a D group that I did last last year, Whitney Hopperton, and she's a part-time staff member at our church for our preschool mm-hmm. and, and children's ministry. She gave us all sticky notes and said, I want you to take three sticky notes. I want you to write on each sticky note somebody or something you need to pray for and then for the next three days pick one of those sticky notes and and that's what you're going to pray for that day and she challenged us to just make that your focus and that was revolutionary for me because I really feel like I need to be praying for everything in the world yeah and so that really was revolutionary to say you know what I don't have to pray for everything in the world every day mm-hmm I will also suggest there's a very good book to read called A Praying Life mm-hmm. by Paul Miller. It is a book that our church has gone through twice as a church. And he has wonderful systems of how to pray, while we pray, the purpose of prayer. And so if you're really serious about getting down deep into developing a great prayer life, I recommend that book. Highly recommend that book. Our pastor, Dr. Cook, reads it every year. Mm-hmm. because he says he needs that reminder every year yeah. to pray, how to pray. Heather, if somebody is a new believer, or maybe they're just a young believer, and they want to be disciplined in their prayer life, what would you recommend? Um, I'm going to say this as someone who struggles with staying disciplined. <laughs> hey, I'm willing to take yeah. these tips. I'm like, hey, yes. tell me how to do it, because so it's tough. I'm telling this to myself, so this is nothing, this is not any kind of self-righteous lecturing here. (laughs) First thing is to start small. If you don't pray at all, I mean, I go through seasons uh, where I don't feel like I'm praying much at all. Start for a few minutes once a week. Maybe it's like what you're saying when you do the dishes, Mm -hmm. something you're already doing and you have, you have a minute of mindless. We're not really thinking about anything. Use that, put that to good use, pray for a few minutes once a week and then move it up to a couple times a week and however long it takes you to get into that habit. And it's a good habit. Mm -hmm. Habits are a good thing. Yeah. It's good to be in habits. Um, Build that up to where you're praying daily for a few minutes. And then once you're daily praying, increase those minutes. Maybe it's a minute a day. Maybe you you don't have to hold it to, you know, start your stopwatch and then stop praying (laughs) after three minutes, but just gradually increase it. And I think, from what I know and learned, you know, when, when you're in a habit and you really are doing it every day, doing it continuously, you're going to, the desire is going to accompany that. It's going to grow. Um, and you've mentioned that, you even mentioned that before and you even wrote about it in your book, how you, you develop that habit of reading God's word every day and how you ended up looking forward to doing it every morning. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't, I wasn't that way before. Mm-hmm. And after just doing it. Yeah. That, but like you said, that habit was important. Yeah. But I think it's okay. And I'm the type of person where if I don't do gung-ho an hour like John Piper, I'm not <laughs> going to do it because I feel like I failed. But I think for, for all of us who struggle with that, start with a few minutes a day and let that be all right. It's okay. You're, you're talking with God. If you want to sit down for a few minutes a day and have a focused prayer time of two minutes and then you move on, that's fine. Um, also, another thing to do that might be helpful, and you, you mentioned reading prayers, but mm-hmm. also writing them out. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you like yeah. to write, if you're a journaler, write a quick 
couple sentences, write it down. Um, I that helps me a lot because sometimes I just have trouble focusing on what I want to say. If I'm, yeah. I have a hundred different thoughts in my head, help me stay focused on what I need to pray. Um, another thing is to pray out loud. I, I do that a lot. I used to do yeah. it a lot when I drove to work, which I don't drive into work very much anymore because of pandemic um, uh. wrecking going into work. But I, I used to do that a lot where I would pray out loud because there'd be a lot of things to pray for and I was having trouble focusing. And so like, well, I've got a good 20, 30 minutes to drive. I might as well put it to good use. And so I would pray out loud and I would have different people on different days I'd pray for and make sure I prayed for them on, on my way in. And so those are some things you can do is tying a habit to another habit, making a habit out of something by tying it to something you're already Mm. habitually doing. Again, it might seem kind of mechanical on some days. I'm just going through the motions. But I think overall, once you continually do it, that desire is going to go with it. I think the key to remember is that if you don't follow the axe formula or the cat's formula, or if you don't use an app, or if you don't pray through a book, or you know, if you're not doing all these steps, not to feel bad about it. And I think that's another thing modern day Christians, we've made it in the effort of trying to make it easy or easier to have a, have a step-by-step guide or a plan. We kind of make it harder for some reason. I don't know why, but you know, there's been many times in my life where I'm like, why can't I just pray? Like, why do I have to follow all these, (laughs) you know, I have to say these certain things (laughs) and then go down this list. And then I have to make sure I've checked all these boxes when God just wants me to come to him bring my heart to him and pray and in, in talking to him and not, and not just reading off a checklist or down a prayer list or mindlessly praying down a prayer list, you know? And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is where do I separate the, the ritual from actually spending time with God, a, a rich time talking to God, my father who loves me, who wants, who wants to interact with me. And I, you know, why don't we do that? So the key is if you're not following a formula, if you're still praying, if you're still spending some time in prayer, that's the most important thing. And I think as you build a habit, as you continually grow through that, he's going to show you more things to pray about and how that prayer life needs to be developed. That also comes through spending time in God's word and understanding what prayer is and how we should pray and what we should say to him. Mm-hmm. On that note, I do need to, to just say one thing. There's a thing out there called con- contemplative prayer, mm-hmm. and you can you can look it up. Gotquestions.org, which is a great site. You can link that in the show notes, Rose, if you don't mind. Yeah, I will. But um, there's a they have an article on contemplative prayer if you want to know what it is. So that is it's based on some Eastern religious practice where it's kind of a mystical type of praying where you you basically clear your mind and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your, to your mind and your heart. And then whatever comes to your mind is God speaking to you. Another thing to be careful of is people who say, you know, it's okay to, to chant Bible verses as you would in maybe a yoga class where you have to chant something and because you're clearing your mind. And instead of saying the chants you would say in yoga, just, just replace it with a Bible verse you have to be very careful about that. And I would actually advise that you don't do that because that is 
dipping your toe into a false religion. Yeah. You're you're wading into Eastern mysticism mm. and even Hinduism and Buddhism, which you might think I'm crazy, but it's it's real and it's it's not something Christians should be doing. Anything outside of scripture, if somebody says, Oh, well, I just you know, I just say a couple of motivating phrases and that's my prayer for the day. If I just, you know, I get up in the morning and I say, you got this girl, go, <laughs> go conquer the world. Or there's nothing me and the Lord can't handle. And that's my prayer for today. So I'm just <laughs> heading out the door to <laughs> go off to work and, yeah. and tackle whatever comes. Those are obviously not prayers, but also you just need to be careful of practices, prayer practices that are, can be dangerous because they're not biblical, mm-hmm. which is anything that's telling you to empty your mind, which scripture doesn't tell us to empty our minds. Anything that is bringing in a practice from another religion. So chanting, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, Jesus said in Matthew, don't be chanting like the pagans. Mm -hmm. Anything like that, we need to avoid. Go to scripture. What What does scripture say? What does it mean to really pray? And it's, it's outlined right there in the Bible. For us. So we don't need to be going outside of scripture to figure out what prayer really means when it's laid out for us there. That's right. So our one single thought, don't make it hard. Don't make it hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. We make it hard, but we shouldn't. We <laughs> right, Rose, let's move on to our one random thought. So my one seeing thought today is <laughs> say a little prayer for you. <laughs> The National Day of Prayer was enacted in 1952 by the Congress and President Harry S. Truman. As with the addition of Under God to the Pledge of Allegiance in 1954, did you know that it wasn't until 1954 that we mm. added Under God to the Pledge of Allegiance? I so think that I was knew that. that was added in 1954. Mm-hmm. 1952, Truman enacted the National Day of Prayer, and the, these moves came during the Cold War, and they were seen as a way of contrasting the more religious United States with the very officially atheistic Soviet Union. Hmm. So, yeah, the National Day of Prayer has been around for longer than I thought, and it was to segment our country from an atheistic country of the Soviet Union. Oh. My, how things have changed. Yes, very much. So, Heather, what's our one Ricky thought today? My one Ricky thought today is, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would give you all a cat school update oh, because yeah. Ricky is still in grade three. If you remember, if you've been listening for a while, you know that Ricky's been in grade three of cat school since, I think, December of last year. He graduated second grade right before Christmas. He did, mm-hmm. yes. And if you don't know what cat school is, I won't bore everyone else by explaining explaining it it, so you can look at it ricky's being trained i've been training ricky for many many months ever well pretty much since i got him maybe a couple months after i got him well we are still in grade three it's taking forever because my life is just too busy (laughs) to focus on training my dad i moved moved i have a lot going on so it's it's kind of ground to a halt although i'm really trying i'm going very slowly i've been working on important things like learning how to uh, trim his nails without him mauling me and <laughs> how to brush his teeth so they don't fall out and <laughs> all of those those good things. But I'm, I'm really trying to get back into the school 
the habit of cat school and and in along with cat school you learn all the the life skills but then you also learn the fun stuff like tricks and agility and all the things that most people didn't realize you could teach cats but you can well ricky he's not interested in learning the fun stuff for some reason <laughs> One of the lessons in grade three is to get him to lie down on command. Uh-huh. And to do this, you start by creating like a little bridge, like a like two blocks with a, a uh-huh. something, over, something top. over top. So you'd have to jump over it or crawl underneath it. So I, I have like a, a wrapping paper tube over two books. Uh-huh. And there's, it's stacked up pretty high so he can go underneath it. Like he can walk underneath uh-huh. it and you're gradually supposed to lower it. So that when he starts to go under, he has to crouch down and then you add a, a hand signal and then eventually move the props away and then he lays down on commands. Gotcha. This is, there's a whole process to this. Right. Well, I set up, I set up the props. So I set up the, the books and the, the tube and all of that. Got my treats. I'm like, okay, Ricky, let's go. I have my clicker. I'm ready to train him. <laughs> He's standing there looking at me. And I'm like, okay, Ricky, come here. And so I had the treat out and I was getting trying to lure him underneath the the prop. He lays down on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Ricky speak for are you crazy woman? We're yes. doing this. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> it reminds me of when you were harness training him and Yeah, he or just fell down. and he would just like fall over on his yeah. side like oh, i'm done yeah well that that is his signal he does is literally his signal that i do not want to do this mm. or or i'm done with you <laughs> and that one translated into i don't want to do this because we hadn't even done anything yet and he was already laying on the floor he's like i'm not doing this <laughs> he's so, a cat with his own mind he is and he's very lazy mm. he doesn't want to do anything that doesn't involve food and it has to be the food he likes so if it's if it's not worth his time, if it's a treat that's kind of meh, <laughs> he wants nothing to do with it. Anyway, I'll give you more updates on that. Hopefully, we'll get get through grade three before the end of 2024, but yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our one single question. Our one single question today is, what's a cool answer to prayer that you've had? And it, You know, we're not talking about anything dramatic. Mm-hmm. It could be simple. But just a really cool answer to prayer. So, Heather, what about you? I can't remember if I told this story in a previous episode. So, if I did, just humor me. (laughs) But when I was in seminary back in the early 2000s, I didn't have any money. I was working part-time at a place. And, I mean, it was 2000, probably 2000, 2001. Didn't have anything. Lived in the dorm. I lived on maybe $20 a week for groceries. And even in year 2000, I mean, that's, that's a lot, lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much like ramen noodles and microwave popcorn and mic- macaroni and cheese. Like lots of carbs <laughs> to, <laughs> to sustain me through the week. If I had extra money that week, I might might have bought. Did you remember? Do you remember those um, frozen? It was called chicken voila, and it was like yes. a frozen bag with um, chicken and vegetables in it. And yes. You just microwaved it. Or no, you put it in the skillet. Skillet, yeah. yes. Yeah. If I had extra money that week, I would get me a bag of that and eat the whole thing because <sighs> I was so always good. so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't malnourished necessarily. Yes. I just didn't, I didn't have a lot of money. Well, some something happened one week where I didn't have my $20 for groceries. I had extra food, I think. I might have had fruit snacks or something. <laughs> I don't know. 
But I remember sweating that I didn't have money for groceries. Like, I don't know what I'm going to eat this week. I guess I'll figure something out. I have this vague memory of asking the Lord, like, I don't know how I'm going to eat this week, but if you just, you know, <laughs> help me get through the week. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was cleaning my desk off and I found a stack of papers. I was going through them. They'd been sitting there for months because I'm really bad about throwing papers away. And I found a card from my old Sunday school teacher in my church in Florida. And in the card, I had not opened it. And in the card was a $20 bill. That's amazing. Yes. And so I had groceries that week. But there was a lot of a lot of things like that where uh, during my time in seminary when I didn't have any food <laughs> or didn't have <laughs> money to get through and God always provided when I needed it. So what about you, Rose? Well, I know. I've had lots of prayers answered in my mm-hmm. life. But this hails way back to my younger years when I was in the singles co- college and career is what we called it at the time. And I really just felt led to serve somewhere in the church. Mm-hmm. I was playing the piano for our children's choirs, preschool choir, but I just really felt like sitting in Sunday school was, you know, not for me. I needed to be serving somewhere. And so I felt somewhat led to teach children Sunday school. And, you know, my mom had taught it for years and I'd watched her and I just thought it would be really sweet to be able to, to do that. So I prayed about it that the Lord would just make it clear, open the door. And I would say it was less than a month. It was probably two weeks from the time I started praying about it that I got a phone call from our children's director at the hmm. time. And she called and said, I was just wanting to check with you to see if you'd be open to possibly taking a children's class to teach. Mm-hmm. Well, I was flabbergasted it was much like the scripture where peter knocks on the door yeah where everybody's praying for him and they think he's a ghost mm-hmm. because they're praying for him to be released but then when he comes to the door they don't believe it's him and so i felt that way in this situation that you know i've been praying for this but it was somewhat overwhelming to have it just so easily come and laid at my my doorstep so mm-hmm. the long story short is i did end up going to work at that time in children's Sunday school ministry and I absolutely loved it yeah so the Lord really answered that in a cool way and I do believe that a lot of times and this is something probably for a future podcast but you know as we grow in our faith I think God allows prayers to be answered that are easy and simple mm-hmm. that'll be tangibly answered for us so that we see God's presence yeah and as he begins to stretch our faith, we begin to pray prayers that maybe take longer for him to answer, or they're mm-hmm. not answered in the way we want them to be answered. But I see his mercy, his tender mercy, when we're new believers. I wasn't a new believer. I'd been saved as a child, but I was somewhat of a new adult believer, mm-hmm. so to speak. I was going through a life as an adult, trying to discern God's mm-hmm. will and what he wanted me to do. So it was kind of the first step as an adult of really trusting the Lord's direction. And I think when the Lord knows he's, when he's teaching us, stretching our faith, Mm -hmm. I think he allows those tender mercies so that we see his action. And then as we grow in him, oftentimes he will allow our faith to stretch further and maybe not answer in that, in that just easy as of a tangible way. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, good episode. Good episode. In two weeks, we will be back on October 25th, and we are bringing you another interview. 
and we are excited it will be with Dr. T.J. Betts, Professor of Old Testament at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He'll be joining us to talk about his new book. And he is a delight. So you don't want to miss that episode. All right. We'll see you back on October 25th. And until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 